Hello, everybody. Welcome to what is this podcast? This is Junk Miles with Chip and Jeff, and this is episode what, Chip? I'm going to say it's 87. No, you're so wrong. It's episode five. I know it feels like 87. Yeah, yeah. You know what's close to 87? What's that? Uh, the degree right now. It is about 97, would you say? It is. I, I'd say it's on the upwards of, of the high 90s right now. Do you think this will be our hottest run? Uh, I, I think it'll be up there, and it'll, it'll at least have a bronze for, uh, and it'll be in the top. It'll place, let's just say. It'll show, I guess I should say. That's the correct horse terminology. It'll show. It'll show. And, uh, yeah, but uh, we haven't done one that hasn't been at least 85 degrees. So uh, so I just hope that people, when they listen to this, they understand the, the sweat equity that we put into this podcast. Right. A lot of sweat. And you remember, like, I pant a lot, and I threw up during the last cast just for, like, the 20, 30 seconds straight. Did eat a lot of Hostess cupcakes right before the run, though. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna blame all of that on the temperature. I uh, I had a seven-layer dip before this run. How do you think that's gonna go? It's it's not gonna go well. I can I can tell that. You know what's gonna go well? What, what's that? This podcast is gonna go well because we have a special guest, super special guest. Yes. Tell me who it is. I will tell you who it is because he's standing right next to us. Um, this guest, he's like a triple threat, I would say. Yeah. He is a longtime legendary DJ in the area. Uh, WPRB. He runs a uh, indie music uh, juggernaut of a record label called Comedy Minus One, also known of uh, My Pal God Records. Yes. Right. That's two things so far. You think that's not enough, right? You don't think that would be enough? No. One more. Yeah, I need one more. John is also a future and very soon to be half marathon uh, completion medal owner, participant medal owner. That's uh, that's a lot of pressure. Yes. I guess I guess there's no turning back now. No. Welcome, John. Thanks. This is uh, this is outstanding. I yeah. like your show a lot. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I can see how threatening he is with yes. all the triple threats. Um, we should also mention that we like to travel. So where where would you say we are? Do you remember where we are, Chip? I believe we're in Central Ohio. John, where are we? We're in Mercer County, New Jersey, the capital county. Yes. We just went over the uh, the bridge. Yeah. That we're it's always neat, right? The bridges. Right. Trenton takes, and uh, I believe it has something to do with the world. Trenton makes. We are the world. Trenton makes and we are the world. We are the children. Trenton makes. The world. Makes. That's what it is. That's what it is. I, I always get we are the world and the world. It's makes. like the end of that one Beatles song on Sgt. Pepper's. And in the end, the love Trenton gives takes is equal to the love Trenton makes. Right. That song. Um, yeah, so we're going to run in the uh, this. Mercer County area, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mercer uh, County area. Uh, we could do a towpath. The DNR towpath. Yeah, that's towpath. the Delaware and Raritan Canal down here, isn't it? Well, we're definitely going to run on a towpath that I actually... We run sometimes on the GNR uh, towpath, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Izzy Stradlin uh, is, is down there, Slash. Axel, not so much. He he still has got the... Uh, the, the, the I, saw a picture you, I saw a picture of you during that run, and doesn't the top hat get sweaty? It gets very sweaty. It gets very sweaty and jangly. Yeah, sweaty and jangly. Uh, we also have uh, John Samley here who are actually taking, it looks like a couple of mosquitoes are attacking his leg right now. It is a swarm. Um, do you? Uh, do we have any mosquito protection stuff? Uh, I, I brought a lot of netting, but I left it at the rest stop. So uh, I, I, I don't know why I put that around myself when I had to use the men's room, but I just thought it'd be necessary, and I left it. Uh, I left it right on the sink. John, um, before the run, I want to get a topic out there that is kind of important to me. Uh, are you a bagel guy? Uh, yeah, I enjoy an everything bagel every now and again. Yes. Are you a coffee guy? 
I am a coffee guy. I'm more of an iced coffee guy than a hot coffee guy. Is that all year just because of the hot temperatures? No, I would say iced coffee year-round. January, you're getting an iced coffee. Is it harder to get at that point? Do people look at you weird? No, I mean, I have a whole elaborate ruse where I'm sort of the king of the free coffee coupon. So oh. I just discovered that apparently uh, I don't have a... I root for a bunch of different NFL teams, but I just discovered with the Dunkin' Donut app that apparently every time the Eagles win this year, I can get a free medium iced coffee the next day. Right. So that's that's sort of how I, so I plan my out-of-home beverages. Go birds, and then it'll work. Okay. Are you, are you a Giants fan? By tr- I think by I'm, a, I'm a lapsed Jets fan okay. turned Steelers fan. Okay. Fair enough. Because of uh, fantasy football, I think I, I pull for all sorts of different teams, depending on what... He's an inveterate gambler. Oh, that, that just reminded me. I am playing uh, fantasy football for the first time. Well, I did it once years ago, and I had no idea what I'm doing. And I'm doing it this time, and I forgot to check, because don't the game start tonight? Is there a uh, Thursday yeah, have, night? Yeah, there's like about two and a half hours. Uh, I don't I don't think I'm going to be able to check. Hopefully no, none of my guys are injured or having a bye week. Or as I sometimes call it, a bye-bye week, and it never goes well. Oh, it's cute. They don't like it, though. The other guys they, they probably want to get, kick you out of the league. The reason I asked about coffee and bagels is new coffee, new bagel store opened up in my area. It's very fancy. And they're willing to sponsor us. Soon. I, I did broach the topic, and they asked me to leave. Um, what is your limit for a morning bagel, cream cheese, and coffee price point limit? You wouldn't go over what is a comfortable limit. John. All right, I'm going to think about this. Uh, bagel with cream cheese, maybe in the dollar ninety-nine to two forty-nine range. And then an iced coffee on top of that. I'm going to say $3.99 as some sort of package combination. I like that. I like that. Can I go with uh, $3.98? I'm using the Price is Right model. I'm well, then you should have said one, one penny. One penny. One penny. I'm going to say one penny, yeah. The reason I ask is my thing is I would never go over $5 for both. Right? right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Both. New place. I'm not going to name it, but it's in near where I work in West Philly. Um, bagel, cream cheese, regular coffee. Seven dollars seven cents. Whoa, that's not that's not that's right. Not I mean, that's not Canadian. These aren't these Canadian no, no, bagels just, that are coming down. Uh, south of they actually are. They're Montreal-style bagels. Um, the thing was, bagel cream cheese, three fifty. I mean, if the, I could see like there are certain places where like you get two inches of cream cheese yeah. between, and but I mean that's that's not what I want to start my day. But I could see yeah. if that's the case, maybe that makes sense. Like home of the giant bagel. And giant smear, but this was just normal bagel, normal smear. Thing was, La Colombe coffee, yes. three fifty for just a paper cup. Twelve, no, nah, I'd say sixteen ounces of coffee. Too much, right? Way too much. I mean, that's that's La Colombe, which is which is quality coffee, but uh, yeah, that's 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 a lot of money that they're going for that okay. price point. I'm not crazy. Five dollars. Uh, there's a place not too far from here where you can get a bag of that coffee for $7.99, like a 12-ounce or 16-ounce bag. So you could have that bag and make your own coffee, buy your own bagels and cream cheese, and, and come out ahead. Yeah. See, this is... And do I, this does sound a little familiar. Did you also discuss this topic on your other podcast, uh, Bagel Curmudgeons? Was that... Did you, did you also... Uh, I, I, I feel like I have... <laughs> All right. Well, maybe the reason, obviously, and and I kid, but uh, that is that is outrageous. Seven dollars, outrageous. Yeah, I was I was being a curmudgeon, and I was kind of grumbling about it. But I'm curmudgeoning right along with you. That that's that's ridiculous. Watch this. That's all you get, just the bagel and the coffee. That's it. And just like enjoy your day. Like there's there wasn't a lot more to it. Nice, Jeff. I mean, what's that worth these days? That's got to be worth something. Pleasant people. 
they have a punch card based system? Nothing. There's no like little, and we went on opening day and me and my coworkers who were always looking for like food scams and like just not scams, but like they got to give away free stuff. It's opening day, maybe, you know, punch card, all that stuff. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, I also bring that up because bagels, I have to tie this, watch this seg. Okay. Bagels tying into running. Whenever I'm done any race or run, I spend the rest of the day treating myself sometimes two. I've actually had three bagels really? on a Sunday after a race was done. Oh, what's your favorite bagel? Yeah. I will go with just sesame, mm-hmm. a little cream cheese from New York Bagels in uh, kind of the uh, city line area of Philadelphia. Okay. Fantastic. Your favorite bagel? I think I might have to go with John over here, uh, the everything. You really, it just, you, you don't miss out with that. Uh, I like a little blueberry sometimes. A little blueberry. That's not a, that's, that's not a bad, that's a, that's a savory donut. There's only one acceptable sweet bagel, and that's the cinnamon raisin bagel. Yeah. Okay. I'm very sorry. All right. Okay. I am, I. You do not like the blueberry, but you're, you're wrong. I hate the blueberry. Right. I'm trying to say now. I've, I've switched my views, and my views are evolving on bagels. So, uh. I, I, I do that. <laughs> Your views, they evolve quickly. They, don't... Do, they do evolve. They do evolve quickly. Uh, and, and I will say this, and this is probably sacrilegious too. I'm not a cream cheese fan. I'm not a big cheese guy. That's uh, weird. Yeah, you've said this before. I don't like this. I love butter on the bagel, which could be terrible. That's fine. Okay? I think butter's okay. I think hummus yeah. pushes the limits yeah. of bagel spread then acceptableness. It's like a pita, I feel like it's, that you're getting into pita territory then, I feel like. But I think, you know what's nice on a bagel? A little bit of tomato. Yes. A little bit of red onion. Yes. And here's the secret weapon. Sprig of basil. Wow. Whoa. Sprig of basil. You heard it here first. Yeah. You know how you make a $3 bagel sandwich, a $14 bagel sandwich? Sprig of basil. Sprig of lox. Just add lox to any 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 restaurant I go to. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, enough of bagel talk. Bagel curmudgeon's coming at you right now. We're going to get ready to run. So uh, what we're going to do, John... I will be in the middle. Chip will be on my left. John, you'll be on my right. We'll kind of we're configuring here, and I know we're going to go down. We're going to we're kind of like in a suburban area, so we're going to go down some uh, sidewalks. We're heading to a towpath. So let the towpath actually. It's possible where I think you can run it. Now I've never done this. You can run all the way from say New Brunswick. Oh my God. Down to Trenton. The Court Tavern. You can go from the front door of the Court Tavern, all the way down to Trenton up the other side of the canal by the Delaware, way up to the wilds of Lambertville and Frenchtown. And- oh, hell yeah, wow. we're doing this. That is a, okay, right I gotta take a break, Chip. I gotta tie my shoe, and then we're gonna start running. And we're back, people. We are Chip and Jeff, and we are Junk Miles. We are episode five with John Solomon. I'm on the wrong side. No, we're on the wrong side. Here we go. Oh, right. Yeah, Chip, I just took a picture. Now we're getting ready to go. And here we go. Here we go, guys. And we're going to go a little, uh, little salt. Here and make a left at the stop sign. Kind of got to have to get out this residential neighborhood before we hit the towpath proper. Yeah, as we mentioned, uh, sometimes, John... When we run through neighborhoods with the microphone, we get some looks. People are like accepting, like, hey, look at these guys. It looks like they're having fun with the microphone. And sometimes they're like, hey, maybe we should call the police. Right, Chip? Yeah, a lot of police have been called on us, and uh, we don't like it. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Well, we're pretty fast. We've outrun squad cars. We've outrun bike cops. 
We've outrun. Uh, I outrun a police dog once. Did you? I, wow. I, I actually. Uh, I actually run after police dogs sometimes. <laughs> they run from me, which uh, which isn't is great for my self esteem. But uh, I, I want to say, if you heard that crunching right there, yeah. That, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is the sound of autumn. It is. That was a leaf. That was the first crunched leaf for the year, probably for most of us. As we're heading into pretty much running season, right? Yeah. Um. And lucky, John, that we're doing this with you right now because you are training for your first half marathon, correct? Yeah, I wanted to try and do something like that last year and I couldn't find an event that worked. So it was hard to have a nebulous goal like that without a, yeah. an yeah. end point. And after I'd given up, like, people were saying like, oh, you should fly to Florida and do this thing. And that just seemed- <laughs> Kind of ridiculous. Kind of absolutely ridiculous. And then, I was delighted to learn that there's a half marathon in late October. Where? In Trenton. Really? The Trenton takes half marathon? I think it goes over that bridge, goes through all these different neighborhoods. And then it comes back on the, on the Makes Bridge, is that right? And it ends <laughs> at the... On the Makes. Ends at the minor league baseball stadium. That's pretty exciting. Has this been going on a while? Is this a new run? I don't... I mean, it's definitely been going on a couple years because I saw that their map from 2013 yeah like they had like a video map showing you the race route right but uh somehow it flew completely under my radar until like november 1st last year when i was frustrated to discover this was right under my nose the whole time so we're gonna hang a right here hang a right a minor league baseball team do, do i want to say i'm gonna take a stab in the dark here i I've heard the name the Trenton Thunder. Is yeah, that what we're talking absolutely. about? Okay. All right, are they, uh, do you go to Thunder Games? You know, I used to go to more. I haven't been to one in a couple years. Uh, they're the former Red Sox AA affiliate. Oh, they're not anymore? Well, they swapped and now they're the Yankees AA affiliate. Oh. So they get every ailing superstar who's <laughs> had to rehab has come through Trenton. Yeah, yeah. And it means that everyone gets a bobblehead. So like Derek Jeter played two games. He gets a Trenton Thunder bobblehead. That's a nice get. Alex Rodriguez played a game. He gets a bobblehead. But I saw the other day they had a promotion with a Joey Chestnut bobblehead. <laughs> that, right, that's, and I don't know what bobbled. And I don't want to know what bobbled in that case. I'm going to guess uh, maybe the uh, the dancers part of Joey Chestnut. Maybe the, the bobbling colon bobbling. Posterior tip. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, you know what I think would be neat is almost as if it's like a Pez dispenser, or like a chia pet, <laughs> where you just take some some fake vomit, yeah. put it inside it, shake it up, let the head bobble, and then it all comes out. I think that'd be fun for the kids. They're I right. believe that Joey Chestnut was being honored because he is your reigning yes. competitive Trenton pork roll eating champion. Oh my God! I didn't realize that. There's so many different. So many different like food athletes out there now. You know what I mean? They really are. There's, there's like. And they don't get the, they don't get the acclaim that they that they deserve. Is quite honestly. Now John, yeah. You said as you were, you know, signing up for this. I always say the best impetus for a race. It's a free door. You guys it's a free, free door. Free door. Is um, putting out money, paying for a race. Yes. That really gets you to do it. Wouldn't you agree, Chip? I mean, you've done a few races. Yeah. Is that one of the uh, the big pushes? I have a lot of impetuses, and uh, that is... Impeti? 
I have a lot of impetai, and uh, the doctor said just put the cream on it, yeah. and it'll, uh, it'll it'll be gone in like two weeks, and not really talk about it. He said, don't talk about it on a public podcast, Chip. It's embarrassing. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then we'll, we'll just cut that out. Yeah. But, John, do you agree? Put money out, you're going to do it? Well, I've mostly done 5Ks. Yeah. I did the Broad Street Run like a decade ago, and so I don't think I was fully prepared for the price point increase for a half marathon. It's almost as much as a marathon. But yeah, there's no there's no turning back now that the check's been cashed. You, you shell out a hundred hundred bucks, you're doing it. Yeah. Um, another thing about now, can, can I ask how how are you feeling about it? Are you excited? Are you nervous? And can you can you tell us? And I may have missed it. I apologize. When is it? How far out are we? Right before Halloween. I think it's the 29th of October. What kind of uh, running are you up to? What kind of mileage are you up to right now? Okay. So um, I mostly run around the neighborhood that I live in. There's a lake. It's about a mile plus around the lake. So I'll do, you know, a couple 5Ks a week. Yep. But I've wanted to increase that substantially. And that's where the towpath that we're going to be getting on comes in. However, as you guys know, the further you run, <laughs> the longer it takes. So blocking out these these windows of time has been difficult, especially now that it's back to school season and all that. We're going to make a left where this this road. Hey, done. Um, and so can we cross over right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do it here. Crossing a major thoroughfare, people. Uh, John's uh, home residence location, but I will say he lives near a place the roads come to a T. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and trying to put the puzzle together, two roads come to a T. It sounds like a Robert Frost, like a phrase from a Robert Frost poem. I'm moving to the left now. Yeah, here we go. Um, so uh, I think I, you know, and then there was, I tried to run from my home to my daughter's school and it started pouring. Yeah. I had another run when it was in triple digits that I had to pull the plug after yep. five miles Safety of first. change. Uh, I got up to eight, which was very exciting because it's been a long time since I was at eight. And then I went and spent four or five days house sitting in Brooklyn last week. And I did uh, nine and a half miles in Prospect Park. Hell yeah that and the eight mile run that was the first time where I really felt like this is something that I can actually do as compared to oh, I have to do this five times <laughs> to, to reach the goal so watch out with the traffic trying to get on the highway here all right we're, we're, we're crossing a highway right here oh good lord we're okay we're across <laughs> and then just here we'll get on the towpath switch back over to the left here we go we're switching I was not in the marching band or color guard uh, growing up, uh, so I, I, I always forget my left and my, from my right. So, yeah, so we should be able to go three abreast here. Oh, yeah, this, is, this will be fun. And this is a really nice run for me because there isn't a lot of intersections between the towpath and the road. Usually I will see more turtles than people. Yes. Uh, and it's pretty quiet and calming. It's bucolic and it's serene, John. The stretch that we're on now, I think it's like 1.8 miles between here and the road, but it is also in the sun. And I've found that I have a great deal of difficulty getting up and running first thing in the morning. I like to, yeah. since I mostly work from home, I like to go out in the afternoon or in the early evening. And it's difficult 
just as I said before, to, to just block out these times where I can go straight without stopping. Well, here's the thing, John. When you when you start, you know, doing all these runs, um, you get to the point where you're just like, yeah, this is like, I have to fit this in and there's like a lifestyle change, you know? You're like, I got the long run in, I got to get this, you know, part of my schedule. And sometimes you worry, like, I don't want it to take the fun out of it. You know what I mean? When you start scheduling stuff, right. you don't want it to be like, is this not fun anymore? Well, I, I think it's also a health thing, too. Uh, not that I was a... Uh not that I was a big boozer and a loser, but, uh, you know, I stopped it re when I started running it really curbed my drinking. Not, uh, not that I did a lot, but it was, you know, oh, if I have more than one or two, I'm not going to get up early for a run. So I chose yeah. running over like, Oh, I'm going to have right. five or six beers with my buddies. I would go home a little bit earlier, wake up earlier and feel great in the morning. Good point. Yeah. I was going to say the one other run that I did that I've been wanting to do for years, was this past Sunday, I got dropped off at WPRB. The the radio station which we, which you've worked at for yeah. the past 20 odd years. Yeah, I've done a show there forever. It's in a different location than it was say 10 years ago, but I figured out it's pretty easy to get on the towpath from the station. It's pretty easy to get off the towpath from my home. So I got dropped off at WPRB, went down to the lobby, started my tracking program, <laughs> ran up the stairs from the basement, went left. Did you have your headphones on or did you take them off from your, your DJing headphones? No, I didn't have DJing headphones on, but I do usually, I know this is something you guys have talked about. I'm a, I'm definitely a headphones on runner. Good. Either music or podcasts. I did have an idea where we would record this while I was listening to the <laughs> most recent episode of Junk Mile. Holy God, that's so meta. It's like wow. meta podcast. It, I can't even really fully grasp. Maybe a flow chart later I could yeah. put up on the site too. I think we could have a sub podcast like that. Like uh, like John could actually do it. That could be his podcast. We could call it something like One Man's Junk is Another Man's Miles. Yeah, it's something it's something you I'm not going to get catchier than that title chip. So we're going to keep that. Okay. And so uh, it ended up just to to finish up that anecdote. It ended up being 9.2 miles lobby of WPRB to my front porch. Wow. And did you uh, did you know it was that far? I knew was eight-ish. I think I, there are probably a couple corners that I could have cut. But how great did you feel when you see it tick past nine? You're like, hell yeah, right? Well, here's the thing is with that and the nine and a half mile run, I sort of feel with both, I should have kept going to 10. No, no, no. No, no. I think there's an extra no. degree of satisfaction there. There is, but here's the thing. And, you know, Chip and I, we dole out a lot of running advice. We did a live show recently where a whole group of runners, we doled out some really Horrible advice, Chip, or good advice? Uh, you know, it was. Uh, I think it was, it was met with mixed reviews. Some people really liked some of the things I had to say. Yeah. Anyway, oh, you don't... Not so much oh, yeah. at all. What I'm basically getting at, John, is don't feel so emboldened that you're going to increase your mileage to a point where you're like, yeah, I'm just going to go for this. I'm going to go for it. No, 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 no. Slow and steady wins the race. So um, another thing, John, I want to talk to you about. You are training during literally the worst time to train for anything. I mean, there are a lot of fall races, but August is brutal. Plus, I don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. Uh, actually a, a great thing because once we hit late September, October, although I heard it was going to be a mild year, once you hit that fall, you, you, it's, it's going to be like the miles are just going to go fly past. It's night and day. They're terrible right now, but once you, you've gone through the hard part, now it's, it's kind of like our grandparents lived through the depression and now everything's yep. great. You know, that, that's, uh, 
you know, you're, you're going through the rough patch right now and it's going to be so you, once you do your, your half marathon around uh, Halloween, uh, God willing, it'll be, uh, it'll be beautiful weather for you. Yeah, what, uh, more importantly, what outfit, what are we wearing to the Halloween race, John? What are you thinking about? I've been working on a Halloween costume this year where I'm going to go sort of as a, a variation on Neem-Num from Return of the Jedi, where I'm going to wear a red... It's he's Spock's best friend. He's the Sullistan co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon when they blow up the second Death Star. Does that make more sense to you now, Chip? I believe so, yes, yeah. Chip, have you seen Star Wars? I've seen, yes, I've seen, all, I've seen the first three. I've never seen anything past that. I didn't, I didn't go back to see the prequels, or is that what it was? Or like the, I didn't go back to see episode right. one, two, and three, and I didn't see the, the recent one, although I told I, I should. John, John is a bit of a Star Wars, I'd say, fan. Yeah, 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 and it's been the sort of thing that my daughter couldn't have been born into a better household to to feed that obsession for a, a now eight-year-old. Yeah, it's a nice bonding thing. Yeah, and, and we and she can go deep. There's a whole story about how she went to someone's birthday party and they had people there dressed as Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia doing trivia and she apparently dominated yes. in the trivia portion so much that they had to start coming up with new questions specifically for her. Right. And uh, the Luke Skywalker guy asked her a question and she looked at him and said, that's not canonical. Oh my, that's impressive. Wow, that is that's right. And then a tear rolled down John's eye and he said, my work here is done. Is done. Now speaking of uh, your children, I don't want you to pick one if you don't want to, <laughs> but if you had to pick an episode, I know it's difficult, uh, which which one would you pick? Which, which movie is your favorite? Which one's my favorite? Yeah. I think my favorite's probably The Empire Strikes Back, but I think, you know, it's a good thing to to start with, with the, the plain old Star Wars and go from there. And it's actually a really great time, I think, right now for kids between, there's a, a really well done Star Wars Lego series called the Freemaker Adventures that she likes a lot, that works in enough jokes about the movies with an ongoing storyline. And there's an animated series called Star Wars Rebels that's coming back in a couple weeks. So in addition to the movies, there's plenty of material for her and I to get down with on a regular basis. Now, John, you know I like to make fun of Star Wars. I like Star Wars. I like to make fun of it. We all, I, I almost angered you this past year before the new Star Wars came out, right? Chip, what I did basically was I just did a tweet in a very cryptic fashion all the capital letters in the tweet spelled out the person's name of who was going to die oh. in the movie. Inaccurately, I should point out. Okay. John. Well, I went into, uh, before that movie came out, I went into like a four-day blackout mm -hmm. where I just stayed off the internet except for where I had to, and I stayed on safe spaces. <laughs> safe, safe Star Wars spaces. There, there are a couple people on the Facebook yeah. that I have you know, flagged where anytime they write new content, it pops up. And you are one of those people. Honored. And so I didn't realize what I was getting into when I when I clicked on the little yeah, flag. Yeah. And then the only two things, though, that I saw before seeing the most recent Star Wars were that. And I saw like a six-word Washington Post headline that just said, go see it, you'll love it. Uh -huh. So it was nice to be able to fly <laughs> pretty blind. Like I tried to get into a press screening with a friend who's a film critic just because I didn't want it to... I mean, you know how the internet is. I've heard. Like, there's some jerk out there who's going to try and tarnish it for everyone else. Yep. And uh, I had a bad experience 
uh, when the, the first prequel came out, where I used to be a college basketball writer, and I was researching this recruit who kept vacillating between playing at Princeton and going back to UCLA, and it was the saga that went on forever. And right before I went to see The Phantom Menace, I clicked on a UCLA message board that was supposed to have a new update about this guy. And instead, someone just put in the entire plot of the movie. Son of a... Someone would do that on a message board? You're normally so respectful and so much tact. I mean, that movie's not good, but that <laughs> certainly did not help my mood going into it to have the end of the film. Like, so-and-so is killed by such-and-such, -and, -such, and this happens, yeah. and I couldn't, I couldn't shut the window fast enough. Well, thankfully, the tweet I wrote, it, it basically said Chewbacca dies. I had one that first, well, my first go-around shit, my first draft was Han Solo dies. I just couldn't craft it well enough. Right, right. So I gave up. I went with Chewbacca. Oh, wow. They must have done some dredging. There's like a... A motorbike? An ATV or something like that. That's nice. It, it, it adds to the uh, rustic charm of this towpath. This towpath is awesome, John. We're the only people out here. Yeah, and so we'll go the, the one down point of the towpath, which we'll talk about in a bit when we get to the crossing... Are the drifters? ...is it's not especially well marked as to where you're supposed to switch over. Right. So there is one point where I just kept running and I just ended up in tall grass and brambles. Oh, no. And I had to just turn around and go back on the other side. But where we are here, you can run up on one side, you can come back on the other, which oh, is fantastic. It's not as paved as this, but... Okay, one sec, Chip, what's in your... What's that? Oh, what is it? It's, it's him. It's who? It's who, Chip? That's Ray Brower's body. Oh, my God, guys, we're going to stop. We got to stop because uh, we got to go invest. Chip, Chip's going to go investigate something. We're going to take a little break here and uh, we'll be back. This is amazing. And we're back, people. Yeah, I just took a picture. We're getting ready. We're going to start jogging a little bit. Now, John, you mentioned the words um, tall grass and brambles, which I thought was very poetic. Chip, wasn't that the name of your first comedy CD? Uh, it was. Uh, there, there was that, and then I had my, uh, my folk album that came out. I named them both the same, which really, in, in hindsight, if you go to uh, Chip Chantry, Tall Grass and Brambles, <laughs> you're either going to get the comedy album or the folk album. Either one. When people get mixed up, they're not happy. <laughs> And let me say that the people looking for the comedy album, not very happy in general yeah, yeah. when they get it. And the people who get the folk album, also not very happy. Uh, and I do want to apologize. That was not Ray Brower's body. Oh, what was it? Uh, it was just a stump. Uh, <laughs> a, it wasn't his body. I should have thought of that. A, because it was about 50 years ago. Uh, fictional. Fictional, yeah. Totally not true. And the Stand By Me kids already uh, already found him. So. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, you know, when you're running, sometimes you're not in... You got a little vine to swing. Yeah, I'm just going to go. All right, I'm going to move, go around it. Sometimes, you know, longer runs like this one, you kind of lose reality a little bit, you know? Right. Sometimes you're like, Chip and I, when we were driving here, I was saying how I used to listen to podcasts. You listen to podcasts. And just like one Paul F. Tompkins joke at mile 19 of a training run for a marathon literally saved me. Yes. Where I was like delusional and I didn't want to go on and I just 
started laughing and it invigorated me. I would assume that most people who listen to this have heard of this, but I just wanted to bring up what we were talking about earlier on the drive up here was one of my favorite moments in all, of, I guess it would be considered a podcast or was the radio show. I guess you could get in podcast <laughs> form, but was the Paul F. Tompkins uh, Sharpling uh, discussion of the gathering of Juggalos, which to, to, for my money is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. John, I'm sure you're familiar with it. I am, sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'd say top five radio moments, definitely. One of those totally organic, just started from pretty much nothing, and just hour later, helicopter rides and and whatnot. All right, guys. Now, we don't really do a lot of show prep, Chip and I. John, I was telling you, but sometimes I'll be like, Chip, you anything to talk about? And Chip just looks at me and goes, hat. And I go, good enough, Chip. Yeah. Chip, what's all, what's all about this hat? All right, now... Now, now j- just to paint a picture, if I could, uh, with, with my word, I'm going to paint a picture with words only. I'm right. not, not very good hand-eye. Uh, my fine motor skills terrible. Uh, John, you and I are both wearing hats. They both happen to be red, as a matter of fact. Uh, J- uh, John, you are not wearing a hat. I'm not wearing a hat. Uh, I never wore hats up until very recently. I think it was this summer, just when it was really hot. I was trying to protect myself from the sun. Uh, I think we had talked about it at one point. Yes. Jeff, you and I. Uh, and so I became a convert. I'm just wearing a regular baseball cap right now. Yeah, you're not wearing a real, like, runner's cap that has, like, you know, sweat material built in and there's anti-wicking. No, there's no wicking. There's no wicking going on at it's all. It's like your cap is the opposite of wicking. Right. It's keeping, every, it's forcing stuff into your, like, earlobes. It is. It actually is. It's actually gathering moisture. Now, what kind of hat are you wearing, can I ask? Uh, just a, uh, every race I do, if it's a good race, I buy a hat. Okay. Just so I remember it, and then I can tell people quietly that I've done an amazing race. Okay, right. So you just nod and you point. That's why you're always right. pointing to your hat. This one is a Marine Corps marathon. Marine, that word means tough. It does, yeah. Right? And having the hat on not only means that I finished the race, but I'm an honorary Marine now. So is that why the other day when you and I were having lunch at Quiznos, yes. and you stepped in line in front of all those people, including that old lady, and yeah. she said, excuse me, sir, you just kind of nodded your head down, pointed to the hat, yeah. and then you stood your ground. That's yes. what that was all about. Pretty much. Get the hat and say, military discount? <laughs> well, we know I enjoy discounts with my uh, bagel story. So your chip, getting back to the hat, which I find fascinating. Oh, it's so fascinating. I mean, we're... Follow-up question. Follow-up, yes. It's, it's, uh, here, here's my, and maybe this, maybe I can help John if he decides to go in. Just for the hat, right. I'm, John, I have to say, very new to the world of running with hats. So, uh, you're not far behind me. Uh, I'm much of a novice, uh, so I need to get one of those wicking hats. So I'm wearing a regular baseball cap. It's a baseball cap that I like to wear in my everyday life. Uh, honestly, okay, I think I see a deer. I'm not kidding here. Oh there's my deer. god. There's one and there's one right there. Two deers. Two deers. One deer, two deer. That's pretty amazing. Well, it's New Jersey. There's a lot of deers. John, it's a buck. It is. Uh, mostly turtles, as I said. John, these are deer. These aren't turtles. So this is new for me. This is this is your first towpath deer. I believe so. I think I've seen, you know, maybe one snake in the water. Right. Birds. Anaconda? Other, other people. No, no deer until now. Uh, well, they are on our way back. And good question. Go down. What was your follow-up question to Chip with the hat? I was just going to ask. So for this half marathon, should I get a hat? I, I would recommend it. I think it works a lot. Because I. If it's raining, maybe this was part of it. When I ran the uh, Broad Street run this year, pouring rain. Yeah, uh, it, uh, there's a 
registered for it now. There's a, a 5K that I do every year at the Lawrenceville School called the Big Red Race. Okay. And it poured for all that. So I think that was the first time I ever ran wearing a hat. I wore a baseball cap. I've talked about this so many times for eight straight years, like all of high school, all of college. Wasn't it a batter's helmet or was it just a baseball cap? It was just a baseball right. cap, forwards, and then later for many years, backwards. Right. Sorry about that. Wow. The guy with the hat. <laughs> yeah, we all went through it. And so I'm somewhat hat phobic yeah. at this point. And so it's, I mean, I wear hats occasionally when absolutely necessary, but it's hard for me to imagine running 13.1 miles while simultaneously wearing a hat. Okay. Fair enough. Chewing gum and, and running at the same time. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. One more question about yeah, yeah. my run, just because I feel like I... Yeah, we're going to... No limits to the questions you can ask. All right, oh, this is... Okay, well, I'm going to limit it right now to two, the okay. second of which being... So the run's at 8 a.m. What should I eat the night before the run? And then what do I do? I, and then I can say follow-up would be, do I, what do I have the morning of and when do I have it? Uh, this is a great question. Uh, I'll field this one, Chip, because this is part of our talk we gave recently at the uh, City Tap House, was it? I believe so. That was fun. Anyway, um, John, what do you normally eat before your long runs? Get into the habit now of eating something that you feel comfortable with. And for the love of God, do not change it up the night before a race. Well, here's the thing. This summer, I mean, this may be, may be too much information. No, 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 no. So I've been eating a lot less, and I usually don't have breakfast. Like, I usually don't eat till about 12, which might be one of the reasons why I don't like running first thing in the morning. Yeah. But, uh, so I've been eating a lot smaller meals, and sometimes I'll be like, oh, these baby carrots are a meal. No, 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 no. I know, I know. No, don't do that. Here's what you did. The night before, you have to actually, the day before, eat a lot. Yeah. Eat a lot. A lot of, you know, people are like, pasta, carb. Yeah. Pasta's good. Pasta. Pasta's really good before a run. Nothing, you know, like I said, don't visit the new spicy Mexican food truck down the block no. just because it opened and it looks good the day before. So just like, I mean, just go nuts with a box of plain pasta? Or should I, you know, there have definitely been times with, with 5Ks. And that's, you know, considerably shorter distance, but it's just like, dude, I had a banana and yeah, some yeah, power yeah. bars and... Well, that's, here's, you never, feel like enough. it's not. I mean, when you do a half or a full, you're gonna, you know, you drain your body of a lot of nutrients and energy and you're gonna need that near the end. And your body's like craving, like, you're thinking, God, I would just eat a bagel in a second right now. So I would say two hours before your race. And like again, 6 a.m., eat something. Something substantial. A lot of runners will say a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is the greatest running fuel you can have before a race. That is my, that's my go-to right there. And I agree. I love it. It's a big one for me. It's vegetarian. It fills you up, but not to the point where you're kind of like, you know, sick filled up like you're eating a pork roll sandwich. Can I have one of those each mile? No, 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 no. In the morning, have one of those and also have one or two bananas and you're gonna feel like this might be too much but it's six o'clock you have two hours before the race do it and another thing is get your poops out not to you know be too jokey about it but you'll probably have the morning of little nervous poops you get one out before you go and then when you get to the race get in line for the bathroom right away because there's going to be big lines get another bathroom out bathroom break whether it's pee pee or poo poo yeah you can stand in line i like i 
I'll stretch in line. Like, you know, stretch, get ready, yeah. do whatever you need to do, prepare. Uh, I, I like to put on my bib the night before because right. my fiance has gotten me into that habit, which is which yeah. is a lot easier. Yep. Uh, I try, at least I try to. I forget half the time. But uh, you can do things while you're in line, so it's not like you're not doing anything. But get go right to line, get in line, go to the porta potty. Yeah, and really, whatever you do, at least a month before, every night before your long run, your Sunday run, your Saturday, whatever, just do the same thing, and then your body will be like, oh yeah. It's the long run night before, long run morning, and uh, you know, mile nine or ten, you'll probably start feeling like, yeah, I'm appreciating this extra food and goodness I have in my body. God, we just gave legitimate running tips, Chip. We did. I, we might have to edit this out. Yeah, this is weird. music documentaries for kind of the the point of view that the director usually takes. Yeah, yeah. It's either 
abject canonization or the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like, oh, all the Ramones hate each other. Do I hate the Ramones now? Yes. By yes. proxy? <laughs> I, I have come across a couple documentaries where I'm like, geez, I never knew I hated this guy. Um, can we go with our favorite music documentaries? Yeah, let's do it. Right, let, me th let me throw one out there right away. Do you like crying? I enjoy, yes, I enjoy the art of crying. Watch, crying. watch the Glenn Campbell documentary oh, on Netflix. Okay. I'm not, is it called, I'm not there? Yes. John, have you seen it? I haven't. It is a thing of beauty. First of all, Glenn Campbell's pretty amazing. Um, so many great songs, you know, everything. Obviously, Wichita Lyman and all the stuff that he and Jimmy Webb did together. If he is the Rhinestone Cowboy? Am I yes. He is also probably one of the most amazing guitar players. And is he also, was he a member of the Beach Boys for a short time? Yes, he certainly was. But, you know, they show all that, they go over that. He has a big family now, and he's in the midst of a really horrible case of uh, Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. And it's really amazing that him on stage where he can remember songs, go like eight songs in a row, out missing a word, it just comes back to him what he can remember and what he can't. Right. And it's this whole family being interviewed. And John, to your point, it is middle of the road. It's not, you know, it's not like they're making him like a saint. It's not like they have this distant take, let's uh, dig up some mud on this guy. Dirt. It's just really a work of art. So that's my uh, my pick. Chip, do you have a music doc pick? Uh, yeah, the one that I... Uh... I think that'll go back to, and it is, I don't want to say it's, it's relatively middle of the road. I mean, they, they are taking their side, uh, definitely, but uh, the uh, Wilco documentary, I'm trying to break your heart. I'm yes. a Wilco fan, and very much of that era, Wilco fan. So, uh, that one, and the whole interplay between uh, Jeff Tweedy and Jay Bennett uh, right. is sad, especially now that Mr. Bennett's no longer with us, uh, that I, I'll, I'll watch those back and I'll tear up every once in a while. Yeah, good one. John, did you watch that one? I, you know, I haven't seen that one. There was a garage band from Chicago called The Goblins that made like a 10-minute redo of that under the title, I think, I Am Trying to Take Your Cash, which was done, like a lot of the scenes, they, they reenacted them and it was all shot in black and, black and white. And somehow I've seen that. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd say probably 90% of the people like, have you seen the Wilco doc? 90% would probably go, no, I've seen the Goblin the stuff. I think I used to bowl with the drummer from Wilco. Who's the drummer from Wilco? Uh, Is it Glenn Kochi? Yes. yes. I, used to, I used to, when I lived in Chicago, and he was not yet in Wilco, there was a group of us who were ringers for this theater group. <laughs> and so we would go and bowl with them against other theater groups once a week. And I think he was part of our squad. Our big Vic... I think, you know, I honestly can't remember. I think he was a friend of a friend. Okay. But our, our big moment came when we faced off against the Blue Man Group. Yeah, the real Blue Man Group. And we uh, they brought uh, blue balloons that they painted faces on, and they would pop them in their faces as they were trying to bowl. And that's one of the few times that I I broke 200 bowling. Like, I put the team on my shoulders and... My God, John. ...theater workshop <laughs> decimated the Blue Man Group. I'm assuming they were in character in their blue uh, no. face paint. No. You've seen the Blue Man Group sans blue makeup? I've seen the Blue Man Group both avec and sans makeup. Right. What about moment shots? Have you seen them sans... But have you seen them sans toilet paper heads? Oh, no, I have not. That would... That's an illusion. I do not want to lose. Let me ask Chip. Chip, do you know who uh, moment shots is? Yes, uh, they're puppeteers in yes. large life-size, almost like a... Uh, 
I want to say in the vein of the uh, Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah, kind of. Well, they, they normally would just have toilet paper rolls on their heads. That was their big thing. What about Shields and Yarnell, John? I don't know what that is. I want you both to look they it up. Were, they were the mimes. They were mimes, yes. Turned on my flashlight of my recorder. This is going to be a big help. That's okay. No, this is great. This is a degree of difficulty to all of us. The thing is, we want to up the, the up the game of every cast. Well, Running in the dark while there's deer, turtles, frogs, what have you, adds a danger element. John, I need your music rack, your music doc rack. Well, I was just reminded via On This Day Facebook action that a few years ago I watched Wild Combination, the documentary about Arthur Russell. Oh, the, and that is a, a, a beautiful, beautiful film. Oh, is it? So I would, I don't know if that's on Netflix. I might have had to get that in disc form, but I would, it's a mixture of really lyrical, beautiful stuff and some kind of fuzzy reenactments. Oh, okay. But it's just, it, it matches the sort of otherworldly nature of his music quite nicely. And so that will be my recommendation. Wow, we have three great recommendations. We're just bursting at the seams. If, if we're throwing some more out, if I if I can. Hell yeah. Uh, have you guys seen the Funk Brothers one? Which I can't remember what it's called. The one about... Terry Funk, the wrestler? Well, yeah, he was involved a little bit. He was more behind the scenes. But the Funk Brothers, the band uh, that was like the Motown house band, basically. The guys who basically was the backing band for all, uh. basically every... And... Uh, uh, standing in the Shadows of Motown, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was like the backup singers and the backup band. Yes, uh, really good. And then there's also 20 Feet from Stardom. Which is awesome, yeah. So excellent, yeah. Um, I want to get back to a running topic that I always want to ask, which I think is fun. It's... Um, Can I see where I'm going? Because the yeah. answer is no. Guys, I mean, I, we joke every now and again in this podcast. We're pretty much in complete darkness, except for my, uh, my pretty much ineffectual light from my phone. And... Actually, a beautiful moonlight. I think what it's actually doing is keeping uh, my uh, the lens of my eye closed a little bit more, <laughs> just so I can see even less. I think, so I think that's uh, oh, but we do yeah, we do have the light in there. What? What is your worst? What was your worst running experience? Race, just going out for a run, something where you're just like, maybe running's not for me, John. Uh, I don't know if I have a thing like that. I, I remember a few years ago. I decided I would go running first thing in the morning and about half a mile in I realized oh that's right I have nothing in my system yeah. and I was embarrassingly close to my house <laughs> and my body just went nope that's as far as you're going and I just stopped and stood there and couldn't start yeah. and after having made some some good progress with running on the regular it was uh, really disheartening really disheartening I uh, I can yeah there, there's been many times where I'm like in the middle of training for a race I'll just go out for a run I'm one mile in and I'm like nope not today brother and I'm like I'm like maybe I'll just keep trying but I'm like whether it's a GI issue just like a tired legs issue but when you have like tired legs there's really nothing you can do except put them up on a couch And we're back, people. Uh, I think we just had a little glitch right. with running, but we're talking about uh, what John should wear, or what people should wear when they run. Basically, Chip was saying, 
when you get to the race, wear something you can throw away and you're not gonna miss, get something cheap, cause you're gonna heat up pretty quickly. It's amazing how the temperature will change from like eight in the morning till nine, how quickly, you know, the temp goes up. Yeah, when you're moving, you're running, you, you wanna be cool. So uh, I'm a, like I said, I'm a big wuss. Uh, I don't like to be cold, but I've learned that to embrace the cold and uh, you're not gonna be as chilly as you think. Yeah, and uh, oh, cold weather running, one of the greatest tips in the world. Even like late fall running, Vaseline, on your philtrum, on your nose, cheeks, and neck. Philtrum, that little uh, slot between your lip and your uh, nose. Yeah. That's that's where you get like really raw. Okay. Uh, Vaseline work. Guy yesterday, and I was looking at him, and something kept reflecting off his face. Yeah, it was probably Vaseline. You know, he had a little small piece of glass on that exact part of the body you just described. The philtrum. On the philtrum. What kind of freak was he? He was doing some basement work. Oh, okay. He'd been uh, smashing out a window. And some of it ended up right on the filtrum. That's, that's... I said, uh, can I get that for you? And he seemed glad that I did. Wow! Oh, so it wasn't embedded in the filtrum. No, 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 it was just lying there, but just, you know, just yeah. bouncing off the... I thought it was like a guy who's just like, yep, can't get rid of it. What are you going to do? Right. Here's the thing, you know, it's, it's good thing he was good about that. Because, John, like, if I didn't know you, and you're like, Hey, let me get that for you. Yeah. I might flip out and be like, get away from my philtrum. Yeah. And then like grab your arm and throw you into some kind of like judo move that I don't know. Uh, A defensive philtrum kind of thing. I, I will say, and I don't want to get uh, too uh, real here, but I'm very defensive of my philtrum. I can understand that. It's like a lot of animals or certain places you won't touch them. Right. You don't, they don't want to touch, you don't want to touch them there. So guys, uh, if, if you meet me at a, you, you see me out, John and I are running, just don't touch my philtrum. Nope, philtrum off limits. It is. Filtrum, everybody, Filtrum. Um, John, another thing I know you're really into and you're good at is eating pizza. And you're, you, I remember you used to post pictures of pizza, which I loved. Every pizza I ate, I think from when I turned 35 to when I turned 36, so a while back. That's pretty impressive, right Chip? I would say pizzas are one of your more photogenic foods. Yeah. More photogenic than a taco, if lit correctly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. John, do you... This is, I think, our nation's strongest region for pizza. Oh my God, yeah, we're gonna get, I'm gonna ask John, why don't we do it right now, recommendations. We're in the, uh, the pizza, <laughs> uh, we're in between, I'd say, Trenton and Princeton area, over the bridge from um, greater Philadelphia area. Normally, I go back on the left here, yeah, yeah. but I think we should go back on the right. Okay. Tree cover. Yes. Okay. A burl free run is usually the way I like to route my runs. I look for burls and I avoid them. So, John, in this area, let's say Chip and I are like, Chip, let's go get some pizza. Jeez, we don't know where to go around here. All right. I want to just start off with just, hey, a basic kind of, you know, cheese, cheese pizza. Trenton style tomato pie. I would like, I would try that. Yeah, where do we go? I think the best place to go is De Lorenzo's in Robbinsville. D-E space Lorenzo's. Okay. Not to be confused with De Lorenzo's uh -oh. one word. Why, where would that take that's, you? Uh, that's in Hamilton. Both these used to be in Trenton until the last decade or so. Unfortunately, there was a 2000s pizza white flight <laughs> where all of the, all of the classic Trenton style tomato pie pizzerias 
moved out of the Trenton city limit. Oh my goodness. And so now they're all in, you got your Papas and your D Lorenzo's within about a hundred yards of each other in Robbinsville. And then you have D Lorenzo's all one word in Hamilton. Though I stopped going there when they announced they were going to leave their flags at half mass until the senseless killing of police officers ceased yeah. and was done in a way where I did a lot of screenshots of the owner's comments on Facebook yeah, yeah. just because I know those are going to be deleted at some point. <laughs> that, that can kind of uh, dissuade you from uh, being a, a patron of their... For the most part, I don't want politics in my pizza. Oh, that's a strong stance, strong stance. Uh, so those are your, your Trenton-style tomato pies. What about just a normal pizza? Like, hey, I want a slice. Like, ah, uh, see, that's the thing. I'm not a big slice guy. What? Yeah, I think if you want, like, a fancy pie, like a fancy individual pie, yeah. you go to Nomad. There are now two of those in Philadelphia. Yeah, Chip, you're not too far from a Nomad. Started up here in a, in a food truck. Ask your pizza's well done. Yeah, I always do. Get them Roman-style. Uh, let's see what else. What's Roman style, John? Uh, Roman style is thinner uh, and uh, a little crispier. I like that. Uh, for a good bar pie in this area, I like to go to Conti's in Princeton, which is like a no-frills, yeah. thin crust bar pie. Real good with uh, their roasted red peppers. Uh, that, that's a bunch of options. I read about a pizza place called Pizza Grill today. Pizza Grill or Pizza Girl? Pizza Grill. Okay. And uh, they have something called Corleone style, which seems to be like a Sicilian thicker crust. I'm not, I'm not there. If I wasn't, the pictures looked really good. If I wasn't running with you guys tonight, uh -oh. I was gonna try that. Wow. Well. And then, uh, but I have a question for both of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was perusing Pizza Grill's website. <laughs> Is it a good thing or a bad thing when in a help wanted sign, they've spelled wanted wrong? Because some would say, well, wrong, as was pointed out to me, because they're so busy yeah. making pizzas, they don't have time for details. But at the same time, that did concern me to a degree, but it will not stop me from making one of my next. It was spelled? W O N T E D. That might be a different region of, uh, of uh, Italian American um, pigeon language. Drivers won't, Ed. <laughs> I'm assuming the owner's name is Ed. Uh, of course. That's... <laughs> Drivers won't Ed do it anymore. Who will do it? It could be you. I think someone's coming towards us. Person. Hello. 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 Person. Not a fan. Definitely, Chip. Not a fan. That's... Yeah. As we told John. I, uh, my sword started glowing blue there for a second. I was worried. <laughs> oh, whoa. Is that a Pokemon reference, John? Yeah, that's a... That's some Zork-based comedy. Zork? Zork, the, the text-based word game. Oh my god. How old are you, John? <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I used to play Filtrum a lot. That was a fun game. John, I was just at one of your favorite places. I was at the Silver Bowl, Silver Bowl Arcade oh, with my kids. Yeah. Uh, my kid's very into the uh, air hockey, which I think is very cute. My daughter loved skee-ball. Yeah, and... Uh, I'm terrible at Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> like worse than I ever imagined. My problem with Silverball is, would it kill him to get a Dig Dug machine? How hard would it be? Is it hard to get a Dig Dug machine? And if it is, that was my game, because bug in the mouth, oh gross. Or just get a Mega Touch where the ladies' clothes come off. You know? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, exactly. 
There was a mega touch there too. Um, Chip, I wanted to sag into John's Pizza Corner. Okay. With something. That be a new segment, John John's Pizza, pizza Corner. Where we throw to John each week. Hey. And we get like a little pizza. I'm down. I like it. Uh, Chip, you moved from a pretty pedestrian area, nice area, Philly. Yeah. To now you might. Now you might live in what some people are calling the greatest place on the face of the earth to get fat. Yeah. True? Uh, yeah, I, I'm in a lot of trouble. I need to do a lot of miles. Where are you living now, Chip? I just moved to the Italian market. I, I guess you'd call it South Philadelphia. Uh, block off the Italian market. I live right across the street from Santucci's Pizza. Have you had Santucci's Pizza? It's it's a sort of a square pizza. to go to Oh, yeah, that's uh, not too far from Yeah, not too far from me. It's on uh, East Passchunk Avenue. And, uh, yeah, good pizza. Uh, so I'm kind of in the Bermuda Triangle of... Uh, of Santucci's Pizza, which is amazing, and uh, Isgro's Bakery, uh, which is an amazing old-style bakery uh, that has more cannolis than you can swing a dead cat at. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm, tr I'm trying to ease myself into it because I don't want it to become too much of a habit because I'd be in a lot of trouble. Here's a question for you. Have you living in or near Philadelphia tried Pizzeria Bedita yet? We have a plan at work, John. We're trying to figure out how we're going to do it. For those not in the know, what are you, living under a rock? Come on, people. Pizza Betty or Badia. It was voted like best pizza in America. And there's this great video uh, showing like the guy who owns it, how he makes the bread, I mean the dough. He makes like only 40 balls of dough a day, whatever, I mean, sells out, it's over. You have to put in your order really early. You gotta get in line. You gotta get in line. No credit card, no phone. No, no chairs. Yeah. No chairs, no, no cross. Uh, I, I was gonna do new motor car, not a single luxury. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Gilligan. Now John, I don't know how I could fit it into my schedule where I would go there to order the pizza, then come back at like, you know, five and wait there for whenever it's ready. I don't have that luxury. I think I need to, uh, I have a friend who lives around the corner. Oh, okay. And I think I need to coordinate with his oven and his living room. And <laughs> just tell him, like, you know, put your oven on 350 now. Yep. And we might have to reheat it a touch. But, uh, yeah, and they're not open Sundays, which right. is also rough. So uh, hopefully one Thursday it's possible. Okay, we're going to take a little break here. I just want to save this. Okay, no one can say. We're running blind now, guys. Coming back. Chip and Jeff. And John, running blind, possibly first five podcast of ours where someone might fall into a body of water. It's going to happen. Yeah.
Hey guys, we're back. It's Chip and Jeff and John in the dark. This is episode five of Junk Miles. We're really completely in the dark now. We can't see the moon. Welcome to the last episode of Junk Miles. <laughs> right, when they find my recorder in the bush uh, 10 years from now and the documentary crew team, <laughs> documentary crew team finds it, and the technology, this will obviously be uh, obsolete technology. They'll have to send it out. How great would it be if there was like, like 20 years from now, like three guys on like their little like hoverboards yeah. uh, coming down, have doing their podcast saying, what was your favorite podcast documentary? Uh. Like, oh, I heard about this movie about this old podcast called Junk Miles, right. where the three guys disappeared. Right. Never heard from them. They all got eaten by a clover field. <laughs> That didn't tell us there were Cloverfields in the area, which I'll watch that movie anytime it's on. And I I just have like a, an affinity for it. I don't think it's great. I just love it for some reason. And uh, what's, Okay, what's a movie? You said Cloverfield. I'm trying to think of a movie, and maybe, John, you have one too, that's not great, and you don't even like it that much, <laughs> but you'll just watch it when it's on. Oh, that's a good question, good question. John? Well, I like it a lot, but I, it's on all the time. But I, would, I just decided that for a while when I was looking for my place of comfort it was sweatpants couch and whatever point captain america the winter soldier was on in stars until the end well luckily for you it's always on fx or whatever i mean literally it's on every night i just saw part of it last night really really fun movie yeah and i can i can pick up wherever and just you know it just takes me to a nice place place. Uh, i remember a few times when i was in college even though the ending of the movie is exceptionally gut-wrenching. Yeah. I would see Last American Virgin through to the end <laughs> late at night on TV, <laughs> just so I could get punched in the face at the end yet again. Wow, Last American Virgin. A, like a terrible Porky's X, yeah. terrible Porky's-esque yep. sex romp until the last 10 minutes and it hits you in the face. No spoil, no spoiler alert, John. A lot of people a lot of people haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess there was a pie fight. That's my guess. Kind of a pie fight. John, we touched upon it earlier. You run a uh, successful indie music record label. You've run many in your career, My Pal God Records. And now you're Comedy Minus One. You've been doing that for... Yeah, almost it'll be 10 years, uh, nine years in November. Will you have a, when a 10 year comes, like a little... Thinking about doing Yeah, I think you should, because you have a lot of great bands. And they're from all over, too, so that might be the hard part, getting them all. Yeah, I mean, I think I would probably travel for it if I were to do something for year 10. Probably go to Chicago. If I didn't do it in Chicago, because that's kind of where a number of the bands are, and where sort of my, for lack of a better word, my yeah. buying base is. John went to college in Chicago, Chip. Okay. Yeah, for nine years. And he yeah, says yeah, it's... By, by the way, you, yeah, not to jump back on this too much, but you said we are obviously in the pizza belt, the best place in the nation for the pizza. You're going to say that's above Chicago. Is that oh, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I like here. I've never been. So oh, I yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you know, like, I, I feel like anywhere there's good pizza if you look for it. Even in St. Louis, where St. Louis style pizza is nonsense, but there's at least one delicious pizzeria in St. Louis. Is it like... Ketchup and and like uh, Cheetos. It's, it's kind of like a, like a saltine cracker crust and Provel cheese. What the what? Yeah. But there's a place called Pie Pi in St. Louis that I thought was awesome. So you can find good pizza anywhere if you do a little research. Yeah. Uh, and so there are at least two, three, four places I like to go in Chicago. But a lot of the the really dense for the sake of denseness pizza is not for me. Though my roommate and I in Chicago used to split 
an entire stuffed piece. I'd go play basketball for two hours every Monday night. Then we would share an entire stuffed pizza <laughs> and watch four or five hours of wrestling. <laughs> That's called the life right there, guys. Called That's the called point. when you look back and you're like, those were the days. So you were saying about the Yeah, uh, I've been listening to two records. Actually, today, all I listened to pretty much. I listened to a little Bruce early in the morning. But then I went right to uh, the new Rutabaga record. That is fantastic. Now, I've since it's been released, I've been listening to like a track here or there. I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh my god. It's very still. I wonder if there's a light still Hello? This could be it. Yeah, just a little scared. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the new Rutabaga record is. Oh, my. And the cover. That's a. Uh, Jay Ryan cover. Yeah, I know you're a, you're a fan of that sort of oh, his yeah. work and uh, silkscreen art. Yes. And uh, yeah, when I saw how that turned out, I could not have been happier. And uh, on a front of an LP jacket, it looks spectacular. Now, as a as a nuts and bolts question, if someone runs a label, whose idea is it for album covers? Uh, it depends. In this case, I mean, I've known Jay for a long time but the band wanted to commission him to do that. Oh, nice. And he was up for the idea. And he uh, he didn't just uh, cobble something together. No, that's that's even kind of like, not different from his normal style, but almost like a, a little different direction, which I just thought was beautiful. If I remember correctly, the inspiration for it was a photo that he posted of his daughter yeah. on Instagram that then Josh from the Rutabaga said, you know, if you did kind of a, a drawing of that, I think it would capture what I want the front of my new record to look like. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as making records gets more and more expensive and more and more not just cost prohibitive, but time destroying as everything <laughs> takes longer than ever, yeah. having something at the end of the day that looks exceptional kind of eases that burden a little bit. Sure. And between that record and the, the other record that just came out on Comedy Minus One, the Savak record that yes. uh, Rick Froberg from Drive Like Jehu and Obits and Hot Snakes did all the the art for that. And there's like a, a die cut on the back where the, the front of the record is full, but on the back you can see the, the AB label. Right. Sticking out. Like that costs more money. But if you want someone to to buy a physical product in this day and age, you got to make it worth their while, but also not make it where it lists for thirty dollars for a single LP or what have you. I think what between fifteen and twenty. Yeah, that's what I'm personally willing to pay for a new record. Yeah, I would say a record meaning an actual vinyl LP. Yeah, I would say seventeen is probably my cutoff yeah, point. I think that's uh, everybody. Maybe a little more for a double record. I was amazed. I spent two hours at the going out of business FYE in Center City. <laughs> Which was recently? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. It was like a like a trip to the end of humanity, <laughs> and uh, all their records were 60% off, but they all list for 19.99, yeah. 24.99. So it wasn't the total bargains that you no. would hope for, and uh, the number of Tomorrowland bobbleheads left <laughs> with a week and a half to go before that store shut. 
Yeah. I would be fascinated to track for the rest of eternity where those items go because no one is ever going to buy them. Things just get melted down, right? I mean, things that, I don't know. Give them to our military. I think that's what they should do. <laughs> Chip, do you think our brave men overseas would enjoy that? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah. good point. Ten minutes of it on a plane. Here's a weird George Clooney figure. That was a very, very disappointing movie. It was called Tomorrowland? Yeah. Okay. It was... Have you guys seen uh, the movie, I believe it's called Escape from Tomorrow? Uh, which, which is the one that was shot uh, oh, gorilla style. Oh, so great. I saw it, I believe, at the Trocadero. Uh, and the, I, I, was, I think it was the filmmaker or the, the guy who was the, the lead uh, was there and did a Q&A. It was shot gorilla style all within the confines of Disney, Disneyland or Disney World or oh, Disney Parks. Uh, oh, my God. I thought they could get around on this side. Nice, John. John, John just John, saved us. Saved good lives. job. Good job. Excellent. Don't forget about me when there's a an episode six. Yes. Yeah. F. It's yeah. still it's a big F. Oh thank God. And I do see it's just light that was literally when you guys were talking, it was just I was almost frozen in fear. It just looked like a lantern up ahead. Oh, like just like an Ichabod crane. Absolutely. Just and it's just that yellow street light, but from you know a mile out, it just it just looked like yeah. So the gatekeeper was waiting for us. We just kept running towards it, but it wasn't getting any closer. I'm it scared of a lot scared. of things too. And uh, yeah, All right, we're gonna take a little, little stop. Actually, let's get to the end of this road. Oh, and then we'll, echo here. Echo. echo, echo. This is on a highway. This is probably where, if you were. Like a gravel pile on the right, so we want to stay to the left. Oh, okay. All right, I'm running lead now, guys. I'm trailblazing. Oh. Right now, uh, Jeff. Yeah. That whoever our guests are in the future. Yeah. Uh, we bring them right here to the towpath. I think this has been my favorite. <laughs> it's, my favorite place to run so far. I think it's the. Yeah. For a, for a 90 plus degree day, only felt like low 90s. Also, we were not. Uh, we only saw like two people. One person really. Yeah. Couple we, we deer. Run three abreast, like you said. Three abreast. It, it wasn't like I was, somebody was hiding behind each other. There were not a lot of loud, loud cars and intersections. This yeah. was, uh, almost always go in the direction we went in. You can go in the other direction okay. uh, into Trenton, but it's interesting from a socioeconomic standpoint. The further you go in the direction we went towards Princeton, the nicer the path becomes. I would imagine. And the further you go in the opposite direction, the more obstacles they put in your way to both canoe on the path oh. and run yeah. on the path. Right. There are a couple spots where if you don't, you know, it just comes to a very abrupt end. And the last time I did it, no one told me whether I was supposed to go left or right. Oh. So I just went home. Yeah. Sometimes, John. Environmental signage. I didn't see much of any signage around here, John. One said, look out for drifters, bridge trolls, and vagabonds. Um, but besides that, I didn't see anything. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're coming up to the end of towpath, up and back. Probably a good solid six miles, I would say, um, just by my internal uh, GPS organ. Hold it, I almost ran into something. All right, we'll be back.
You you I'll want eat, it to switch. You want to eat all the cannolis. Oh, yeah. Guys, we're back. We just uh, yeah. yeah right? It's cannoli talk with uh, Jeff and John Solomon, WPRB Comedy Minus One Records. Chip ChipChantry.com at Chip Country. Good question. Oh sure, it's the title of the first Albert Brooks record. And tell them the the, the lot. You told me this, and I really enjoyed kind of what the the. It, it's a play on words of the minus one. Move to the sidewalk. Yeah. Uh, hold on, just because there's a car coming. We're yeah. back in a residential neighborhood. Yeah. So there used to be these minus one records, where it would be a like a musical performance minus an instrument. Right. And then the listener was supposed to play the, you know, the oboe or the uh, violin to play along with the record. That's, that's right. And so the. Early karaoke. Yeah. yeah. Something's burning. Yeah. It really is. The main, the main piece on the record is uh, a comedy bit with Albert Brooks and I think George Jessel, where one of the performers doesn't say anything and the record comes with a script and you're supposed to perform those lines. <laughs> and it has a, like a fake mirror on the back of the record. Yeah, both the Albert Brooks albums, neither of which are in print right now, are, uh, are each high concept in their own ways. Like Comedy Minus One has that, and then the other one's called A Star Is Bought, and that's sort of Albert Brooks and Harry Shearer and a bunch of other folks. Uh, here we can go this way. Okay. Uh, trying to come up with an album that will have enough different tracks that it'll appeal to every single different type of radio. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, I mean, like, you know, there's so much production on that record and, and so many different ideas. And thinking about like hey, now, if that record existed, it would just be like a series of four-minute funnier die videos. <laughs> but the the degree of uh, of work that went into it is, uh, and the fact that you know it it holds up on on repeat listens, and is really beautifully packaged to tie it all back to beautiful packaging. It has this this die cut that makes it look like a picture frame with a fake autographed photo of Albert Brooks uh, <laughs> in those little corner squares. Yeah, yeah. Front and as a fake autograph on the front. I feel like I've said this on an old uh, used wigs. As a Maybe. fake autograph of his stamped on the front that says, to single any one of you out would be a big mistake. <laughs> Albert Brooks. Oh. The master. Uh, one of those records I bought two copies of just because uh, I'll just keep, as long as I'll just keep buying them as long as I keep finding them. John, what do you have coming up? What are we going to uh, expect from John of uh, John Solomon's Comedy Minus One? Sure. Uh, so there are a handful of new Comedy Minus One releases that'll be coming out between now and the end of 2017. Uh, there's a new Mint Mile record. There's uh, another Silkworm reissue. There's some, if I was wearing longer sleeves, there's some surprises that I would have. Oh, yeah. them right out of there. Uh, it's all up at ComedyMinusOne.com in physical and digital form. I recommend ComedyMinusOne.BandCamp.com if you want a preview before you buy, if it's a, a digital service that you enjoy using more, the, the records are likely on there too. Uh, I'm on the radio every Wednesday night on WPRB at WPRB.com and KeepingScoreAtHome.com. There's some exciting live guests that I hope to be engineering and having in studio between now and Christmas. Christmas, of course, yeah. means the, there we go, I'll keep it going, the the 25-hour holiday radio show. What year will this be, John? It'll be upper 20s, I think 27 or 28. I, say 28. I think that sounds right. And I think it'll be the fourth or fifth year that I've done 25 hours instead of 24 hours. What, what led you to the 25th hour? Uh, it was the 25th year. Oh, there you go. So, and, and there's, I could 
it seemed like adding another hour wasn't going to kill me. I don't think for the 30th year I'm going to tack another five hours on that. But right, uh, right. yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, I always come to the end with a degree of guilt that there's all this material that I didn't get a chance to play that I would have liked to have played. So uh, an extra hour certainly helps in that regard. And now, uh, are you already prepping for that oh now? Yeah, I'm, I'm always thinking about it okay. all the time. I mean, I'll start reaching out to people including the folks who are both standing in front of me to hopefully record pieces for this year. Absolutely, oh, would um, love to. Because uh, everyone has a good Christmas story or some definition therein. And uh, let's see, what else? Oh, and I, uh, on top of all that, I'm now the the founder of a secret seltzer society. Oh. And uh, if you like the, the non-sugary, bubbly drinks, you find me and you say, hey, I'd like to be a part of Now Fizzing. And I'll, now I'll figure now out a way to add you in there. That's wonderful. 1,200 members from all over the world. Good Lord. I've really tried to stop. I've tried to cut uh, soda out of my out of my diet as much as I love it. Uh, so I think seltzer is a, I say it would, it would be a good step down from that. Is that am I wrong in yeah, saying that? Yeah, and, and it's become this, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great idea. And I'm also shocked with how many folks who say that they no longer drink alcohol for whatever reason in now fizzing talk about how like oh. seltzer has been their way to get sober right. and there have been all these different ways that this group has developed in the past year plus that have kind of blown my mind people now do all these like review videos of different limited edition flavors really? and uh people are uh, making like performance art of different ways that they drink seltzer and wow. and uh yeah it's really just uh, it, it has become something out of my control that has become this beautiful thing that I never could have imagined. So, uh, yeah, that's something that uh, that happens pretty far under the radar. But if uh, if that has become my additional legacy, so be it. So, yeah, radio show, Comedy Minus One, Secret Seltzer Society, now fizzing. I can't think of anything else that is going on. Oh, you can uh, you can follow me on the the Twitter at comedy minus one and everywhere else i think it's at or slash john solomon and maybe someday the guy who has at john solomon on twitter will give it to me or i will figure out how to take it by force yes chip and is there any way you can uh is is your radio show in podcast form yeah i mean if you if you uh go to facebook.com slash keeping score at home or twitter.com slash comedy minus one the day after the show i always post a link where you can stream it at your leisure. Which I, I would highly recommend. Yeah, I think I think more people at this point, at least the folks that I talk to, seem to listen to it in a in a time-shifted form, mm -hmm. you know, podcast style, than they do live on the radio, which sometimes makes for uh, lonelier Wednesday nights, but more rewarding Thursdays and Fridays. I listen on Thursday morning. Yeah, okay. I do. Chip, what do you have coming up? Um, I believe uh, there's another edition of your very famous uh, talk show in Philadelphia? Uh, there's going to be two Wednesdays from now, The well, depending on when this comes out. Uh, the uh, Wednesday, the 21st of September, uh, is going to be uh, Good Evening with Chip Chantry, my late night talk show in the early evening at Helium Comedy Club. Got some great guests, including stand-up comedians Chris O'Connor, uh, Mr. Daryl Charles, and Shannon DeVito, who is hilarious and a friend of mine, and uh, also on the TV show Difficult People. Ooh, nice. And we have... Uh, bar and restaurant proprietors and all-around great guys, uh, Casey Parker and Joe Gunn from Jose and Sancho Pistolas. So Fantastic. This is uh, Healing Comedy Club yes. 21st. Fantastic, guys. Thanks so much. It's uh, about 8.35. Oh, is it really? Oh, it's time yeah, for the football yeah. game. Time for the football oh, game. We're going to let John, the inveterate gambler Solomon, go uh, check on his fantasy. Chip and I are going to head back in this car. Maybe we'll... 
Take We're going to take the over, and maybe we should, I think we should stop and get some seltzer on the way. We should. Oh, I, I we will stop. Have some inside if you guys are thirsty. You're um, why don't you go get a seltzer from John? I want to get a, uh, I'm going to get a, of something from my car. Okay. Oh, and also, I just wanted to give a retraction from last week, if I oh, could. Yes. Uh, Mr. Ross Curry, who is uh, who is a listener, I should say he's a listener. I referred to him last week as a fan of the show, and maybe a fan of myself, of Chip Chantry. Uh, he he texted me to let me know that he never once admitted that he was a fan of the show. He's a listener, but not a fan. Oh, okay. So I just wanted to retract that. Uh, Ross Curry, not a fan of the show, and he can suck it. Okay, you can suck it. Only Ross Curry. Everybody else, thanks for listening. Junk Miles. Episode 5 with John Solomon, Chip Chantry, Jeff Hines is done.